0: Hi, welcome to Ask a Pastor. This is a time where we uh, sit with uh, some different members of our staff, some people beyond our staff, and have conversations around questions that uh, are submitted to us by people inside and outside Orchard Hill. And so if you have a question, you can send it to askapastor a pastor at orchardhillchurch.com uh, or at Orchard Hill Church uh, at ask a Pastor at orchardhillchurch.com. and we'd be happy to respond to that. And I'm joined today by Russ Brasher. Russ is our leader of Student Ministries, a uh, great guy who's done a phenomenal job here with Student Ministries. If you have students in middle school and high school and you live in Pittsburgh, get them to Orchard Hill to Student Ministries. Russ is doing a great job along with the whole team that's engaged in that. Uh, if you are watching, if you're listening, this doesn't matter to you, but if you're watching, I still have the this patch on. I actually still have on the same shirt as the last podcast. That's because this was delivered at exactly the same, like like just a few minutes apart so i have the same bandage same shirt Uh, i still have kind of the uh, the thing my joke has been i cut myself shaving that's not really what happened i had a little bit of skin cancer Uh, it was cut out a big old divot out of my head stitched up Uh, should be okay should be the 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 most uh, kind of inane kind of cancer that somebody could get uh but my takeaway is again wear your sunscreen especially if you're young Uh, evidently this this probably came from when i was in my teens or twenties and this way you won't have to wear a big bandage on your head when you're in your forties so uh russ uh a couple questions came that i thought would be particularly good with you here as somebody who works with uh teenagers and i think one of the, the the great challenges for anybody who has kids Is you realize that that these teen years are 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 in many ways very hard to navigate and so one of the 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 questions and this is kind of a question that was asked a couple different ways and I'm kind of conglomerating it into a question but is is really what is important in uh, a way to keep a strong relationship with your child during their teen years while still trying to have a strong influence in their life A, a lot of times people will will maybe tip into the friend zone so soon that they keep a relationship but they don't have influence. Other parents try so hard to keep influence that the relationship dwindles. What advice would you have for people who are parenting teenagers to keep the relationship strong and to still have influence?
1: Yeah, it's a a great question. That it's funny when it gets asked of me as someone who currently doesn't have teenage children. But know. are an expert with teenagers. That's right. And, and so <laughs> it's been a fun question to to think about because I have a ton of experience with teenagers and now with my role as a parent of of kids, I've got four under eight, the, all this wisdom and experience that I've occurred over the years dealing with teenagers, I'm now implementing with my kids mm. to prepare myself and my wife and my kids mm. for that stage. And so I would say to answer that question, I think it kind of comes from two different sides. It it comes from uh, if you're a parent who doesn't yet have teenage children, like, you know, like myself, you know, my oldest is eight, so I've got a couple of years. I would say that this is the time, like this is when you need to start instilling and demonstrating certain characteristics about you as a parent that will set you up for success when those teenage years happen, because a lot of the stereotypes are true. Like teenagers, they want to rebel. They want to become their own boss. They want to start making their own decisions. And, and teenagers will constantly be looking for advice. The question is gonna be, are they gonna be coming to you for it? Or are they gonna be going to someone else for it? And, and I think that as a, as a parent of younger children, the way that you carry yourself, the way that they are watching you Talk to their, your spouse. Talk to them. They, they are observing how you are reacting to tough situations. They're watching how you deal with anger and the, the tone of your voice and how you respond to people and your integrity and you know, what you prioritize in your life. And if that is something that you're demonstrating to them at a younger age, it's going to set you up for much more success when they are teenagers, and it does get harder. And I would say if you're a parent like like yourself who has teenagers right now I think the first step has to be a little bit of a step of humility and maybe sitting your teenager down and saying hey I'm I need to ask for some grace and some forgiveness and in a, in a way that I might not have always been what you need me to be or or demonstrated this but I this is what I want now and this is what I know you need And I want to be that person in your life. I want to be, you know, someone who you can come to. And if there's anything that I've done in the past that gave you any type of indication that you couldn't come to me, I am so sorry for that. And sort of this fresh start. Um, If this isn't been something that, you know, Mm -hmm. in the past you've necessarily demonstrated that has sort of pushed your teenager away besides the natural push that they want to experience. So I would say that that's where you, you need to start that now. And my wife has been so gracious with me and saying, hey, like, do you realize how you reacted to Peyton when she brought this up? If that's how you're gonna react when she's a teenager, you're gonna push her away versus, you know, coming and saying, are you approachable? Have you learned how to listen? You know, and, and then I would say too, just overall, um, you have to be the person in their life that has perspective Uh, So when they do come to you, you've got to be that 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 constant reminder that whatever this thing is ultimately outside of some really dramatic things is not going to derail them from the bigger picture. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just a phase, maybe it's just a situation, maybe it's this temporary thing. But for teenagers, it's really hard for them to see past that. But you and your experience you know that this isn't the end you know this isn't going to ultimately define them and so how can you speak that into them how can you remind them of that how can you how can you show them that they are bigger than this this is not who they are they're not defined by Mm -hmm. these things um and really i think also as a parent like find someone like i i really appreciate you and as, as someone who is a parent of teenagers and coming to you and asking for advice or jumping into parent seminars that you're leading and, and listening to the ways that you give advice. Like, I, the, the things that you've mm-hmm. shared with me, I've already started to instill, like the idea of, hey, learn to initiate the conversations with your teenagers before you have to have those conversations. Mm. You know, you be the voice that they first hear about things that you know matter and are important, or the world might have a different view on, and opinion on, you be the first one to start those conversations. I think that hearing you say that a couple years ago has already changed how I parent and how I hope to set up those years when they become teenagers. Um, Another one was don't look for it and don't miss the opportunities, whether you're watching a TV show or a movie or a commercial pops up, like pause the TV, pull the car over and talk about what you just experienced instead of pushing it aside or pretending like that didn't happen or even trying to hide your kids from what they just experienced and hoping that they don't remember. Just those two things alone have, Mm. and it's because I'm open to coaching from people who have been there. I I think that's so huge for parents to be able to say, you know what, I don't have this all figured out. I need advice and wisdom and help.
0: Well, that's good. Thank you. Uh, You know, one of the things, and and I think you're alluding to this, and I found this to be true too, is sometimes having people who are beyond you or have gone before you is so helpful just to, to gain. And you gain in ways you don't even realize in those moments from people sometimes where, where you say, oh, this is how they did it. And you start to think that way. And that's really one of the benefits of church community, especially a church community that is multi-generational, where everyone in the church isn't exactly your age, isn't exactly your phase, where you can have some people right. who've gone before you. It, you know, as, as my wife and I have lived this journey and we are well into the teen, have a couple of our kids who are now 20, one's 22. Um, and we, I like to say, started having kids at age 12. Um, and, uh, obviously that's not true, but, uh, the, uh, the, the, thing that, that we've come to see is that radical love and acceptance with consistent, um, input. When you put those two things together, um, it, it's the radical love and acceptance that gives you the credibility to have input. And if you do all input, no, Um, acceptance or all acceptance no input you'll end up kind of off the rails and and then here's something that that I I think a lot of families or parents may not think is is true and that is uh, there's a certain age where where you have to also give the kids the freedom to make a choice that's contrary to your input or you don't really have radical acceptance. Now, I'm not talking about age 10, when they say, you know, I want to do, right. you know, I, n- I never want to eat vegetables again. I'm not talking about that saying, oh, well, it's your choice. But but as they go through their teen years, there are more and more of those decisions. And one of the things we've tried to do is, is when our kids hit their senior year of high school, to basically say, hey, um, they're autonomous within our home, meaning, we don't tell them when to come home or how to get their homework done or anything like that but just to say you are living hopefully we've done our job by then and that way when they go to college it's not this this all of a sudden I have freedom that I never had because we're giving them that opportunity along the way so um... here's a here's another question that uh... has come come up and this is probably really specific to to uh, teen culture although I think if we're honest, it isn't just specific to a teen culture, <laughs> and that is uh, my friends want me to hang with them and do some things that I'm not sure are right. How can I handle this? Um, so, so I assume you get kids all the time who say, I feel drawn into something that I don't believe is probably God's design for me, but I didn't want to say no. I didn't want to be that kid. Yeah. Um, how, what, what words would you have to somebody who, who lives in that scenario?
1: Yeah, I, you know, we call it peer pressure, right? And it's typically a, a word associated with teens, but like you said, we all we all struggle with it in some aspect. But, you know, really I think what it comes down to is, is having those conversations with them to get to a deeper issue, a deeper problem than the pressure that they're feeling. Where, where is that coming from? It's not necessarily, oh, my friends want to all go out and party on Friday night, or, you know, my boyfriend or girlfriend wants me to, to, to engage in sexual intercourse you know like those are real issues and those are real pressures that students are feeling and, and all kinds of other stuff but really what it's coming down to is what what makes them feel like they have to participate in those things what's driving them um, and who are they listening to uh, when it comes to their stances on those things and I, I would think you know the hardest thing for teenagers is they are wrestling, with, am I going to be accepted based off the decision that I make? And a lot of the times in the peer pressure, when they get in those situations, they're only hearing the one side, and it's the pressure to do X or to do Y. And they, they haven't established, especially if they're a new believer or, you know, they're just now beginning to wrestle with, you know, this new mindset, this new way of life that, that God calls us to and God created us for, and it is new to them and fresh to them and um, so I always whenever I sit down with a teenager you know and I say hey you're crazy if you think these situations aren't gonna keep presenting themselves and you know but you've got to be to start to surround yourself with other people who have your godly interest in mind that can speak into whatever it is that you're struggling with or being asked of you know so for example a lot of the times i think students say yes to things that they know they should say no to because they're scared of what people are going to say about them but when you have that group of people who are supporting you and and surrounding you with no you're doing the right thing and it's not and it's not out of a judgmental or it's not out of a you know now you're better than them place but it's a hey you're called to something greater than than this and there's reasons why it, this is harmful or bad or are gonna negatively impact you. Just surrounding yourself with that that extra community that you can say, I don't wanna be alone. And so I'm scared if I say no to these people, I'm gonna be alone. But when you have this, that group or even just that person that is there for you who can hold you accountable, who is gonna be there for you so you don't feel alone, so you are popular in the eyes of someone, that makes a huge difference. And I think that's where a lot of teenagers wrestle and, and fall to that is they haven't established that group or that person or those those friends that can that can be their form and make them feel like they're not alone. So, so
0: let's make this really practical. Let's yeah. say that uh, a student's been coming to church here at Orchard Hill and they become convinced that Jesus should be their Lord and that part of that means that they should treat every person with dignity mm-hmm. and respect so they go to school and they're in the lunchroom you know the the famed you know middle school early high school lunchroom and the table that they most naturally fit at and sit with uh... has decided that they're gonna pick on one of the kids they are going to bully them they don't call it bullying but they just all right. ride somebody until it's it's just uncomfortable and 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 the student you know male or female sits there and doesn't say anything and says I feel like I should stand up for the week and, and at, at a minimum, not sit here. What, what's your practical, what do I do when I go to school on Monday? Um, and I've been convicted of that yeah. statement for that, that student.
1: Um, that's a hard one, you know, because it, it's so easy, but it's hard because at, at that moment, a student feels like they are risking everything. But again, it goes back to that perspective of, When we choose to do what's right, when we choose to know that if there's something in us and it's the Holy Spirit saying, this is not right, step into this, or you know, defend the kid, or at least disassociate from the activity, but standing up for him would be even a bigger thing. Um, Again, it just goes back to, do you have those people in your life who could look at what you did and say, no, you did the right thing. That was what you know we should do as, as believers that you know but also doing it in a way that doesn't totally destroy or crush those that are you know doing it you know I, I look at you know Jesus he's got this reputation of being a friend of sinners and, and associating with sinners but Jesus was so safeguarded as to how he went about doing that and you know we twist it and we think oh because Jesus hung out with sinners and and created a bunch of wine at a wedding like jesus loved a good party i don't necessarily know if that's you know the reputation that jesus wanted but what jesus reputation was was because of how he carried himself and the things that he did he drew people towards him and so it's a hard thing to do and but i would say whatever we can do to encourage students to to do right. that and to stand up for that yeah.
0: Well, and, and, you know, as I say, this isn't necessarily unique to students. Uh, It happens at the quote-unquote water cooler in businesses all over where somebody goes and stands there and runs down somebody. And, and, you know, the the two things that that I would would encourage in that situation is one that you did, and that is, do you have an alternate group? Um, Because part of why we give in is we want to fit in. And if we have an alternate group, then it's easier to say, I don't have to give in because I fit in over here. But the, 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 the second thing, and probably the deeper issue, is saying, do I trust God fully enough right. to say, even if I do something that's unpopular, um, my standing with God is more precious to me, is is more important to me than my standing with this group of people? And and if you have a high enough view of God, what what, what can happen is you can start to say, it's okay if you think little of me, because... I know what God thinks of me, and that becomes the fuel. Now, I realize that at 45, 35, 25, 15, that feels differently. At 15, that, that, that may not be as easy, but, but I think it's the same issue, um, just portrayed into different things. I remember when I was in high school years and years and years ago, um, I, I remember being invited to parties, parties where there was the drinking and all the, the stuff that you associate with, with high school. And, and I remember working through the thought process of, Of I wanted to go to the party, but I didn't want to drink I wanted to be part of the crowd But I didn't want you know all that goes with it and and at the end of the day It really does come down to do I trust that 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 saying God I will prioritize your ways over what seems expedient today is really going to be okay And and what's hard when I think you're in high school is sometimes you can't see five years down the road And so you think if I'm not if I'm not accepted in this little group right now, my, my social standing, my life, it, it won't have meaning. And what you, what you don't see in that, which hopefully you see as you get older, is it'll be okay. And that the people you think are a big deal in high school, the day you graduate, they mean almost nothing right. uh, in terms of your personal life.
1: Absolutely. And it, and it even goes back to you know, a saying I use all the time with students, like, you'll never know who you are until you figure out whose you are. Hmm. And that begins to change how you look at every scenario, every situation, including peer pressure, because again, if you know whose you are, you begin to figure out who you are, and who you are isn't going to be defined by the decision to say yes or no to certain things, because now you're choosing to be who you are because of whose you are, and letting hmm. whose you are impact and influence those decisions in your life instead of being so caught up in, well, yeah. I am this but you're longer than anymore yeah you know and so I, I, yeah i agree with you 100 percent.
0: good so uh another question is uh social media good or bad for uh students for christians and what would be the best use of social media
1: yeah and, uh, and it's funny uh, i'm not a huge social media person um i don't know how to work twitter um i can't figure out snapchat um and i'm still old school in my facebook ways uh, I remember being in college when Facebook, the Facebook, first came out and it was exclusive. It was called the Facebook. Yeah, exclusive yeah. just to university students. And now it's, the, the platform of social media has just gone so big, so fast. And, and it's exciting and it's good. And I think like even this Ask a Pastor series that we're doing and using social media to, to push that out to the people to reach the world in ways we never thought possible for, in, for the gospel is so exciting. and and can be used for so much good, but I think that a lot of times, like many things that as Christians and even non-Christians, we take really good things and turn them into a God thing, which then makes it a bad thing. Hmm. And I think we have to be very careful about how and why we choose to use social media, especially as Christians, because what we're learning is that the sphere of influence and the impact social media has on people Is very strong and it's probably stronger than we even realize. And that can be good and that can be bad. And so, um, I think social media is great. I don't, I personally only use it to, you know, post pictures of my family and to connect with people. And this is a good thing, you know, I'm able to connect and stay involved and and know things about people in my life and people that I know in ways that were never possible um, 10 years ago, five years ago, even. Um, So, that's a positive, you know, posting pictures of. my kids and my family so that my mom and you know my in-laws and people can see and stuff like that you know when it comes to ministry stuff like I know that's unique to some people but I use social media all the time to remind students and parents about what's going on because it's such a quick access to people
0: so you would say it's a neutral tool that you can get so caught up in that it becomes either destructive because you're positioning yourself well maybe in a way that isn't true or you're just addicted to it but it can also be used for good is yes, what I, you're and saying you know,
1: and obviously there's there's a lot of dangers to it and mm-hmm. i would say what's the biggest
0: danger single biggest
1: danger for for me or for students and, and or you is mm-hmm. uh misinterpretation and and what you decide to share like retweet um or post um can can be misinterpreted in many different ways and so you have to be very careful of that um and i think that people think that they're using social media to to reach people about certain things but really they're just pushing people away and painting themselves out to in a way that they don't realize that they're doing and sometimes causing more harm than the good that they think they're causing
0: yeah i heard somebody say recently that if you want to Um, see the depravity of humanity. All you have to do is look at any article that's posted online and then go read the comments underneath. And there's something about the anonymity or the feeling of anonymity that sometimes lets people say things in a harsh way that maybe they wouldn't say anywhere else and somehow feel virtuous doing it. Like I really gave it to that group. And, And I'm not sure that's a healthy... Um, way to to, to use social media either well we're going to need to leave it here thank you Russ for being a part of this Uh, ask a pastor is a chance for you inside outside Orchard Hill part of Orchard Hill not part of Orchard Hill to send questions uh, and we'll be happy to interact with them in the future you can send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com thanks for uh, making a part of your day uh, spending some time with us here today